0: episode 388 of good luck high five that's
1: right you're listening to a podcast that's for you if you play magic the gathering or honestly if you even if you don't because we do have some people that tell us that they don't play um and that is a-okay by us if you're just here to hang out and be like what's happening in the world of magic what's you know what's the news on the street we're here for you we're here for that
0: no matter what um i'm one of your hosts maria I'm another one of your hosts, Megan. And on today's show, we're going to talk all about M21 because it is out in the world and it is partying. <laughs> That's right. It has a lot going. I'll, I'll say it, it has a lot going on for a corset draft. Yeah, it absolutely does. And I've been seeing a lot yep. of tweets from people saying that they've been really enjoying M21 as a mm-hmm. limited format. And I'm going to raise my hand. I'm one of those people. How about you?
1: Yeah. Are you out there raising your hand? Are you? Are you? If you need, are if you're you?
0: doing something that requires two hands, you don't need to raise it, but just like mentally, no. mentally raise it because we want What are know.
1: you doing that requires two hands? Are you holding a glass of water very carefully? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Are you laughs> Which is
1: the only thing that I could think of. <laughs>
0: Megan, it requires two hands. Okay, very carefully, <laughs> like a like a raccoon holding something yes. that was far, far too heavy for
1: it. <laughs> in exactly, its tiny little paws. like a raccoon absconding with a little two little pawfuls of food. <laughs> Anyways, Anyways. we're going to talk all about uh, draft archetypes in M21 because we know that you want to hear about them. Uh, Maybe you've already been drafting them. Maybe you're out there and you're like, why am am I struggling in M21 draft? Well, we'll talk about
0: the archetypes that'll hopefully help you climb your way to the top of that ladder. Yeah. And we've got some great stories from our early experiences with drafts, some cool things that we've done or that we've seen that we want to tell you about. So you can be like, oh, I'm going to try drafting that or... I'll know what to look out for when my opponent plays this kind of deck, something like that. Help you Mm -hmm. up your game. Oh, by the way, we talked about this on the upkeep. If you enter the code PLAYM21, all caps, no spaces, in the store on Arena, you get three free free packs of M21. Just want to make sure you get those packs. Go out there, get your packs. (laughs) Uh, Before we get into the show, a huge thank you to everybody who's a supporter of ours on patreon.com slash GLHFmagic. Enormous thumbs up. If my thumbs could grow through the roof, blast through it and into outer space, get very cold and fall off because it's, you know, the vacuum and coldness of space. Come down back to the earth and then regrow a new hand out of the ground that's also giving a thumbs up. That's how big my thumbs up would be for you. I know that what I just said is highly disturbing.
1: <laughs> it really is. I just want... Like from the beginning it was. But I just Like your thumb stop. growing... Just your thumb growing even if it only grew to the ceiling that's a disturbing image <laughs> sorry everybody. like it starts it, it already starts being disturbing at the very beginning <laughs> i'm Point already is, very big thank you uh, whether it's a disturbing <laughs> thank you or not <laughs> Thank
0: you so much. Yeah, I, we, uh, we love every, when we get new members and thank you so much for becoming mm-hmm. new members or being members for a long, long time or however you choose to support. Just uh, throwing a couple bucks our way every month is a way to say, hey, I appreciate what you do and it gives value to my life. So uh, if that's you, please consider uh, supporting the show and helping us continue on into the future
1: yes it really means so so much to us thank you as well to our sponsor card kingdom uh cardkingdom.com slash glhf uh, great place to go for all of your magic needs if you are if you are hopping on that commander train oh yeah um as so many people have been this this pandemic yeah honestly <laughs> um yeah so many people hopping on that commander train this pandemic head on over to card kingdom to get your cards for those commander decks because
0: they are just some of the nicest coolest kindest people in the business absolutely like i'm like hey i need to build a dog and cat deck around Rin and sari so like this needs to happen where will i go yeah card kingdom because card kingdom they're the best they're just so great Hey everybody! We're going to talk about M twenty one and draft archetypes for you on today's show. Um, should we do a quarantine check in though? First, we haven't done one in a while. Oh yeah, we haven't
1: done one in a while. Uh, Maria, tell us about what's your what's your quarantine check in?
0: Well, um, I recently threw out my back um, because I'm a very young and active streamer in the Magic community. <laughs> um i'm a super young and um up-and-coming content creator and i throw out my back and that's the first time i've ever thrown out my back in my life and you might ask maria you're sitting in your home all the time doing nothing trapped isn't this the you know most likely scenario for you to throw out your back (laughs) for which i would say well you know even though yes (laughs) yeah even that being true i still managed to do it like walking from my bathroom to my bedroom so you know um you know, life, you know, you, you get older <laughs> and
1: it just happens to you it and one comes day at you fast. One
0: day you throw out your back walking five feet. So <laughs> that's where I'm at. Oh I'm wearing an icy hot patch right now, everybody. Yes. Yeah, okay.
1: Oh, that sounds really good. I need some tiger balm.
0: Oh yeah. Um, tiger balm's where it's yeah. at.
1: Tiger Balm is where it's at. Sometimes I just think about tiger balm. Anyways. <laughs> right?
0: I can smell it. Yeah. Now that you've said it, I can smell it. Like
1: that's how it's a very
0: pungent. Yeah. How is your yeah. quarantine going, Megan?
1: You know, um, one, I had to get a COVID test last week and it came back negative. So great. that was great. Um, although it did like the feeling of it like haunted my nose for hours. <laughs> 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 Are you sure that wasn't ghost host? <laughs> it might have been, but like they just like, oh, it it hurt. Like they like they, they shove get up that there. swab way up there, man. up there, man, way up in your nose. And like, they like swish it around and she counted to five. And I was just like, my, 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 my like face <laughs> reflexively, like, just like squished. I was just like, oh, no. <laughs> um, anyways, my eyes were like watering. It was a great experience, but I don't have I didn't have coronavirus, Yay. so I went um, I went up north with some friends, um, two friends of mine who also live alone um, and had tested negative, and so we hiked a bunch, um, and we uh, we w- sat outside and watched movies on a projector. Great. Um, Yes. And we just, you know, generally had a great time hiking. I love hiking. I really love hiking a lot. Um and maybe you're out there thinking to yourself, isn't hiking just walking? <laughs> and to which I would say yes. Um walking except in you're, there's more trees.
0: Places.
1: Yes, exactly. Um well, I really love it. So that was really great. I very much needed that um to like get out of town briefly and spend some time around other people and it made a huge difference. Um, and I came back and now I'm like, I felt a little bit, just like a little bit more prepared to just like, manage this week
0: well seriously i mean honestly when when the whole world just blends together day into night night into day Mm -hmm. and there's no separation between work and home and whatever it just is a recipe for bad mental health disaster seriously (laughs) and like even just really is going to like we're here at, at our computer sitting down doing these episodes you know you're just like oh i can't even because like the weight of of just this virus and the like, quarantine in the world and everything yeah. is so hard to deal with so like taking those little breaks for mm-hmm. yourself however you can find them i think is super super important
1: Yep. um like i love my desk i love like it like windows are right in front of it it's like very nice but even like i just spend so much time sitting at my desk yeah. yesterday i was like i can't do this anymore yeah
0: yeah i know same i'm i'm here so many hours a day and so like yep. Man, will I be happy once we can even like just go to our, you know, office. Oh, we can we can do an office update for you now too. Sorry. Oh yeah. We're taking so long What's to get the office into update, Maria. M21. Hit us with the good word. But yeah, so or the bad or word. the bad <laughs> word. Yeah, so we got a new office as you may know. Um we had our we had our office fundraising campaign. Um, thank you to everybody who helped us out with that. That money is still waiting there ready to um, spring into action as soon as we spring into our office but what happened is yeah it got um, partially burned during the unrest here in Minneapolis and um, it's a very old building so there's a question to like what was going to happen with it Um, and so it appears that they're going to try and rebuild everything that got burned and fix everything that got uh, damaged because our office got extensive flood damage and then of course smoke damage throughout the building that kind of stuff mold is something you have to worry about. Anyway, so the good news is they are going to try and, re- and fix it and rebuild it. The bad news is nobody knows how long that's going to take or when it'll be safe for us to enter our space again and be there Um you know, the way that we want to be there. Uh, they've kind of barred people from entering the building right now. So we will let you know as soon as we know anything more about that because we do want to get there and do want to start making more and better content for you. Uh but right now, like, you know, we can't. They just they won't let us in and we don't know when it'll be fixed. Yeah. So We literally can't get inside of it. <laughs> yeah, we will keep you posted. Yeah. But that is the update. Also on that.
1: It created one of um my one of my nightmare Like, if we're just talking about like what are like classic nightmares that you've always had, Um, I don't like freight elevators. They scare me, Um, and nothing scares me more than an out of like like a non working, like an out of operation freight elevator. Just seems like a recipe for disaster, um, and sure enough, the flood broke the the freight elevator in that building, and then it had like a bunch of like danger tape in front of like the giant <laughs> gate that goes up and down. That just the gate that's between you and an enormous hole in the floor where the elevator goes. It was just like one of those things where, like, looking at it, I was like, "Wow!" Like this is like a visceral fear that I have for like really no like no reason. Um, I mean, well, it is just I'd, like spooky, I'd give but you like a little bit of a reason, yeah. <laughs> It's like a very deep visceral fear, and it was just like right there in front of me of like a not like a non-functional freight elevator with a bunch of danger tangents. It was like a it.
0: zombie video game, honestly. That's what yes, it looks like it really in there did. right now. <laughs> yes. I feel like you could literally have encountered exactly the scene that I was looking at
1: in yeah. Um in a, in a post-apocalyptic video game. <laughs>
0: Uh, but don't worry, everybody. We will get your names up on our wall of uh, gods of Theros. Don't worry; it'll just be a little bit longer while we all mm-hmm. weather this uh, storm together. But enough about yeah. that. Let's talk about M twenty one. Yeah.
1: All right. So Maria. Yes. Hit me with Hit me with your best draft. <laughs> hit
0: me with your best draft. Yep. way! all right so my best draft in the format was uh we're going to talk about archetypes here and so i'm going to talk about it in the context of archetypes it was a blue red prowess deck prowess or spells Ooh. or tempo however you want to call it that was the deck i drafted and i think i'm you know early on at least in this format this deck is regarded as the strongest archetype so you might yes. have a little bit of trouble getting it but um i did get it uh my last draft actually and it was fabulous i built it around the card double vision which is five mana for a red enchantment that says the first time on your turn you cast a spell you get to you get to essentially copy it and choose new targets for the copy um and so (laughs) i was like oh we're doing this we're definitely doing this i got all the cards you think that would be good with that honestly it doesn't matter as long as it's a spell it's going to be great with double vision um the best one was finishing blow which is the uh so i guess i was splashing black in this deck um which is four and a black for you know destroyed target creature or planeswalker and doubling that was just the greatest day of my life um (laughs) like yeah seriously yes. unsubstantiate with that is just sick it doesn't matter shock with that is sick who cares uh what's what's the three mana exile it um you know the red card why can't i think of the name of it right now
1: it's just, um the uh
0: dragon something something dragon's breath <laughs> it's a reprint yeah. too i can't even I remember know, it. i don't
1: remember it's
0: a freaking reprint scorching dragon fire um yes. yeah <clears throat> just double that like Go to town, I i loved this deck, it was extremely strong. Uh, experimental overload was a super fun card in this deck that makes a, an XX weird based on the number of instants and sorceries in your graveyard, and then you mm-hmm. get to return one of those to your hand. I would cast that card probably without even the first part of it. And goblin wizardry, um, I want to give a shout out to the fart goblin twins, um which this is a spell that makes well it's a spell too so you know it triggers your riddle form which yeah. is your little three three sphinxie friend and gives other things prowess and they have prowess and they're just little one ones but um they become big threats in a deck like this thanks to all the spells that you run and so yeah. i'm gonna give a recommendation to that card uh this deck was so so fun to play and um super competitive yeah. so i recommend blue red and- spells
1: We've mentioned a lot of uncommons here, but, like, commons, riddle form, like, yeah. uh, hello again to that friend. Love riddle uh, form. Spellgorger weird, which is the little 2-2 two, two for two and a red that you put a plus one, plus one counter on it every time you cast a non-creature spell. Great. Um, So it's, like, permanent prowess. Yeah, I love it's, that card. Yeah. Uh, So good. And we, we also have this um in Skies, but the, the siren friend.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, the blue flyer that has prowess, the 2-2. Yes, Mistral, uh, Mistral Singer. Singer. Yeah, that card's great, too, in either the Blue-White Skies deck or the mm-hmm. Blue-Red Spells deck. Do you want I'm going to tell
1: you a story of this Blue-Red Spells deck. Yeah. I drafted it, and the card that I had gotten wrecked the most by other people playing is the three blue blue f- three three flyer um, that's at rare, and it has prowess, and when it ETBs, you scry two, and you can cast it for two in a blue if you cast an instant or sorcery that turn. Wow. And I was just like, I've gotten wrecked by this so many times, but like, I'm just drafting like this blue red spells deck. And sure enough, I opened it in pack three. It just, it knew, it knew what I was doing and it arrived. Oh, Excellent. Um, Which was just very kind of it.
0: Do you have a deck that has been your favorite deck in the format so far? You know, um, that is,
1: tough to say i think i do really like um very surprising for me but i really like the um the dogs like the pups i love the pups like bolt hound is so cute
0: bolt hound Um, is cute and good that's the two two that you can tap to do a damage to player planeswalker uh no bolt hound is the two
1: two for two and a red with haste and when it attacks other creatures get plus one plus all
0: yeah that's a great Um, card too
1: Yes, it's like a little a little hasty pupper, uh, and then that goes with the Alpine Houndmaster. Great man, Alpine Houndmaster
0: gets like big, quick, and searches you up pups. Yes, it's so cute. So you drafted the red white uh, go wide pups deck. Yes, I did. Ooh, I it was it was very cute. This one looks. This one looks super fun. Um, I was thinking yeah, of Shandra's have, um, Mage Mutt. That's the one I was thinking of.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, the uh, Burn Bright is back. Um, which is the plus two plus O oh to all your creatures. Um, which is obviously very important in a go wide strategy. Yep. Uh, so yeah, like you have to be real quick. You have to be real quick with this one because otherwise you can get overpowered. Um, kind of quickly. Yeah, uh, but yeah. That's a great deal. Stuff point. like the Houndmaster and the Bolt Hound help you pump up your little creatures. Um, even if you don't have a Burnbright in hand yet.
0: We've mentioned this deck a couple of times already, so let's just talk about it. Blue Eyed Flyers. It's a classic archetype. You'll see it across almost all core sets and frankly lots of expansion sets too. And this is no exception. Um it's a, mm-hmm. it's a very easy deck to draft, too, because it's a very clear forward path to victory. So newer players, I think, love this kind yes. of thing. I love this kind of thing because I love evasion. Um, and you just get, mm-hmm. like, awesome flyers. You mentioned Mistral Singer, the 2-2 with prowess. Gale Swooper, it's a little 3-2 Birdo for four. That gives something else flying when it comes in. Um, mm-hmm. Watcher of the Spheres is the kind of signpost uncommon, which is what we call cards that kind of point you to a certain archetype in draft. This is a 2-2 bird wizard. Uh, creature spells you with flying you cast costs one less to cast, and whenever another creature with flying enters the battlefield under your control... It gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. Um, Yeah. Something I found fun in this deck, too, is the card Falconer Adept that when it attacks, it's a little two, three, but when it attacks, it makes a one, one bird token that's also tapped in attacking. Which, if you're able to get in there with this thing repeatedly, like, uh, you probably just win, right?
1: Yeah. Um, You also, we also want to point out Tide Skimmer. This is obviously my favorite card in this oh, yeah. archetype. Oh, yeah. Uh, because for three and a blue, it's a 2-3, flying. Whenever you attack with two or more creatures with flying, draw a card. Great.
0: Great. Um,
1: just re- And also, like, really good. Like, you can play a flyer on two, a flyer on three, and then play this on four and, like, just draw a card right away.
0: And it's so good. I mean... Even, like, when you're, like, for example, the Falconer ad making these 1-1 one, one birds will help you with this strategy, too. Mm-hmm. Or stuff like Skyspanner, which, you know, you can put in almost any deck, which is the 1-1 one, one flying artifact that draws you a card mm-hmm. when it ETBs. Oh, I put Skyscanner in every deck.
1: So do I. Like, Can't get I enough. don't think I have yet drafted a deck that doesn't have at least one sky scanner. You know what?
0: <laughs> I think I have, this is also true of me. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I just like love that just card. Like, it's just so good. It's got literally everything you could want. In a card. Oh,
1: flying, colorless, draw a card. Great. Great.
0: Uh, The blue-black deck is... um, Oh. (laughs) Yes, Megan?
1: (laughs) So good. It's so good. When this deck is good, it's really good.
0: Yes. Um, I'm
1: talking specifically about the reanimator one. Oh, okay. In this instance. All right, tell me about Um, it. Oh, man. There's just... I, like, I got wrecked by this deck, and then I immediately did the thing where you, like, turn around and draft it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Because you're like, I want to try that. Um, So Obsessive Stitcher is obviously, like, the big uncommon that is very good to have, although you don't, like, there are other ways to get things from your graveyard onto the battlefield, but this is one of the best ones. Okay. Um, Because it also mills cards. Uh, So Obsessive Stitcher is the one blue, black, four, and let me... Look it up real quick. I want to make sure I don't get its stats wrong. Yeah, for an O3. Um, And it has tap, draw a card, then discard a card. And two blue-black, tap, sacrifice it, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Um, So obviously, you can do some shenanigans uh, with drawing and discarding. And then getting just a nice big creature uh, onto the battlefield. (laughs) Great. Right away. Um, Let's see, one of the... One of the ones that my opponent uh, got onto the battlefield was... Oh, there's, like, a really big demon that makes you sacrifice things. Oh, Gormand. Gormand, yes. They put Gormand into play on, like, turn four. Gross. Yeah, and they don't have to sacrifice anything because... Like, you don't... You're not casting it. You're just putting it into play. So Gourmand is 4 black black for a 5-5 five five as an additional cost to cast this spell. Sacrifice a creature. But, like, you're just reanimating it so you don't have to sacrifice a creature. I guess technically you're sacrificing your 0-3 to get it back. But Flying, Trample, when it enters the battlefield, each opponent sacrifices a creature. Beautiful. Um, like, just... Just so good. Um, if, if you're doing it early, it's just really... Really, really excellent.
0: Is gourmand something you call somebody who likes food?
1: Like, uh, <laughs> right?
0: That's like a word. That's yeah. what it means. Yeah, like a gourmand. Yeah, or whatever. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Gosh, I thought that I we were it. making a joke, but like, no, you weren't. No, you're just being serious. That's like that's just true. what it is.
0: Okay, I was just. It's checking. just true. <laughs> Great um wow. i love that rise again is in this set too to just straight up yeah. reanimate something uh from the graveyard yep. using it with cards like Archfiend's vessel which will make you a demon mm-hmm. friend um which i've been seeing people play around with in standard which is kind of fun and yeah. we'll talk about Standard probably now next week or something see if any new decks are bubbling up to the surface i um yeah i drafted a blue black deck but it was not it was not Reanimator. It was a Mill deck, and I know. You oh, saw me, I saw some photos. Yeah, t- I tweeted out some photos of this. Um, and it was pretty amazing. I uh, drafted around the card Teferi's Ageless Insight, which is like something you might not ever expect me to do because blue cards, no. who cares? Uh, but <laughs> I don't know why I even just got it in my head that I was going to do this. I must have been having a weird day where I was just like, you know what? I don't even <laughs> care. We're doing it. This is a legendary enchantment for format. If you would draw a card, except the first one you draw in each of your draw steps, draw two cards instead. And I was like, okay. So we're going to do that. We're going to draw a lot of cards. Mm -hmm. And then I kept getting past Teferi's Tutelage, which is the mill card from the set, two in a blue. When it enters the battlefield, draw a card, then discard a card. So this is going to trigger the insight again as well. And whenever you draw a card, target opponent mills two cards. So it's going to mill them four times (laughs) or whatever. Um, And I had two copies of Teferi's Tutelage, one copy of Teferi's Ageless Insight. And then I had about a billion copies of uh, everybody's favorite draw spell, um, Frantic Insight. What is it? Frantic Inventory? Frantic Inventory. Yeah, draw a card, then draw cards equal to the number of cards named Frantic Inventory in your graveyard, which when you have, of course, the tutelage out mills them for a billion, and same with Teferi's Ages inside. <laughs> mill, 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 boom, 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 boom. And i d I've never <laughs> drafted a successful mill deck in my life, actually, until this uh-huh. deck. And it was incredible. Oh, that
1: sounds like such a blast. Like, I need to go do
0: that. Seriously, it was so fun. And the fact that Mill is a viable strategy in draft, like a lot of times you're like, oh, yeah, Mill's in draft, but it's a joke. This is not a joke. This works. (laughs) But it's a joke. (laughs) You need to have a controlling deck, though. You've got to play your Wisconsin crabs, which is what everyone calls Wishcoin crab. two five crab uh and stuff like that because you, Wisconsin crab I haven't heard it oh, called yeah. that actually oh Wisconsin crab Wisconsin crab uh tastes great blocks forever um and <laughs> yeah so just keep that in mind you got to survive but you'll like you're not going to win through damage so don't even think about that when you're drafting your deck you're going to win by milling them so let's mill them right? <laughs> get all in
1: oh great that yeah just sounds real it real was good epic yeah. Uh, next up, we have Black Red Sacrifice. Uh, and so this obviously revolves around stuff like Deathbloom Thallid, which when it dies, gives you a little 1-1. Um, Great card. Village Rites, where you can uh, sacrifice a creature to draw cards. Um, Crypt, uh, Crypt Lurker is obviously a big one here, where when it enters the battlefield, you can sacrifice a creature or discard a creature card and draw- to draw a card.
0: Excellent. I drafted this deck a couple of times, and I didn't have a lot of success with it. And I was wondering maybe why this was. You know, it could be user error. Uh, But also, I did notice that Traitorous Greed, which is what we call a threaten effect, meaning you take something from your opponent, um, and then of course in the sacrifice deck, you sacrifice it after you steal it, LOL. Mm-hmm. But it's at uncommon in this set. So yeah. perhaps, perhaps this deck is a little too difficult to come together uh, because of that yeah. fact. I don't know if that's hundred percent true, but that's been my early analysis. Because
1: that's one of like the night, like the big payoffs. Right. Um, is being able to take and then sacrifice your opponent's stuff um, for some kind of bonus or advantage. Um, You do have, I really like Pitchburn Devils uh, in this, which is, you know, like the same kind of idea of like you can sacrifice your own creature, but you're going to get both the bonus off of the card and in this case, like a really nice effect, which is three damage to any
0: target. Yeah. Pitchburn Devils Um, is a great card.
1: I really, yeah. Pitchburn Devils, great stuff.
0: (laughs) So these these archetypes so far have been following pretty much what you would expect for the color pairs in Magic. Mm-hmm. These are tried and t- true archetypes, and it continues on with red green, which is ferocious, meaning you care about stuff that has power four or more. Which was a keyword mm-hmm. in what's that was ferocious a keyword in? Uh,
1: that was in one. That was in the Tarkir block. Yeah, I don't remember which one exactly though. So
0: that's why we call it ferocious. Um, a little shortcut there, even though it might not say that on the cards. Like, for example, Turret Ogre is a card that follows this theme. It's a four, three for four, and it'll deal damage if you've got another four-power creature on the battlefield. Uh, when you cast it, I think it deals three or mm-hmm. something like that, which is excellent. Um, I want
1: to say it deals uh, two to an two?
0: opponent.
1: Let's see. Did I just make uh, it way yep. too good? Deals two damage to each opponent.
0: Oh, okay. So, yeah, it's not as good as I said, but you get the picture of uh, yeah. what it wants to be doing. Um, another card, which was one Judge Rob talked about was ornary Dilopthosaurus or something, but what he called it yeah. Picklesaurus. Um, Picklesaurus, because it looks like a pickle. It looks like a pickle. Uh, it's got the face of a pickle and the body of a pickle. It's probably tastes like a pickle. No one knows what dinosaur <coughs> meat tasted like. Um, no, it could have tasted like a pickle. It could have tasted like a pickle. It Do you really ever think could've. about dinosaurs, really? And then you're just like, how? <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know, like... I think, I mean, like, yes, but I also think that about people all the time.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, that's fair. (laughs) It's just like... There was, a, there was a race of dinosaurs on this planet for millions of years before the first human-like thing ever was like, blink, blink, blink. And yeah. they lived a whole society. Like, they, like I'm going to imagine they had <laughs> libraries, they had government, they had... <laughs> I mean, when you say society, it makes it sound like they had, like,
1: cities. <laughs> they had
0: cities. They had community pools. Um, mm-hmm. And then they were all mm-hmm. gone. All gone. <laughs> it's just I just... They were all gone
1: oh man i read a really good article about um a a set of archaeologists doing an excavation in the dakotas um like that basically was like okay if that asteroid hit and then like it pushed like this huge like you know like earthquake and like swell of water then there should be this place where there's like a lot of like really dense all put together like um Fossils and stuff like that. And he basically found a spot that was like that. Oh. I'm summarizing it poorly, but it was very interesting. That's cool. Yeah, it was very cool.
0: I saw a photo of one of my friend's babies who was crying because that was the day he learned that dinosaurs are all dead. <laughs> <laughs>
1: his mom should been like but birds though i was about to say but just like show him a chicken and be like basically <laughs> there it is <laughs> that's it man we're g- you know what i've really derailed oh, yeah. this <laughs> It's okay. Uh, dinosaurs might have tasted like pickles. Um, uh, red, furious green, Furious Rise stuff. <laughs> is obviously another card yeah. uh, that comes to mind, which is an uncommon. Two and a red for an enchantment. At the beginning of your end step, if you control a creature with power four or greater, exile the top card of your library. You may play that card until you exile another card with Furious Rise.
0: Yeah, classic, uh, classic card that cares about your four power creatures. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm going to say this here, that I think that green like it is in most core sets and has been in magic every single set for the past few is really is strong because in core sets, it's like core magic principles. And if you've got a yep. big beefy creature, that's likely going to be pretty good. Um, and yep. I think the big beefy cr- green creatures in this set are pretty good. And a good home for them is red green. Colossal Dreadma. Colossal dreadmaw It's back. It never, you mm-hmm. know what? I, it was gone too long for like one set or something. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was but that was too long for us. Yep. <laughs> Welcome back, Colossal Dreadmaw.
0: Green White is a counters deck. Um, cares about mm-hmm. counters, wants to put counters on things, double counters on yep. things, counters, counters, counters.
1: Classic, classic green white. Um, The uncommon for this is Conclave Mentor, which is green and a white for a 2-2. If one or more plus one plus one counters would be put on a creature you control, my least favorite text in all of Magic, that many plus one plus one plus one counters are put on that creature instead. (laughs) Simply my least favorite because (sighs) saying it, it makes basically no sense. Yeah, it sounds ridiculous. You have to really, you have to really like pull apart that sentence word by word and be like, ah, okay, okay. I've arrived at what I think this is saying. <laughs> yeah.
0: If I was a new player, I would look at this and just my brain would melt out my ears. And I'd be then...
1: like, uh, I mean, I did have a, uh, someone against me play this like into the little uncommon Hydra.
0: Oh, that Hydra is great.
1: Yeah, exactly. And like you play this on two and then you play that on three. Um, but it's like a three, three because it gets extra counters. So it was very good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've had my, I've had an opponent do that as well. I want to find out what the name of this hydra is. Um, but yeah. Um, it is called Wildwood Scourge. Wildwood Scourge. Yeah, that's a super yeah. strong strategy. Pride Melkin, our favorite little high stepping cat, uh, is in this color combo. Pride Melkin is just
1: so cute. I
0: can't stand it. <laughs> An Amazonian tweeted out a picture of Pride Melkin wearing a little rainbow color collar and was like, Pride Melkin's here for Pride. And I thought that was the greatest tweet I've seen time
1: ah i can't with how cute this cat is it's so cute anyways
0: basri's (laughs) acolyte um we should mention too in this uh, archetype's really good and makeshift battalion which give out plus one plus one counters basri gives Mm -hmm. them to others because basri's very nice makeshift battalion puts them on herself because she's like i'm getting these counters (laughs) (laughs) um these counters are mine (laughs) But this is another example of an archetype, much like uh, Megan's red, white, gold, Wide pups, which says you've got to really load your bottom end, your early mm-hmm. game up with creatures and tricks. Tricks, by the way, I've been seeing everybody running Hunter's Guile Ooh. and blah, blah, blah. Everything else. It's like uh, oh, tricks are man.
1: Everywhere. The uh, feat of resistance. The number of times that that card has ruined my life already is like very high. There's
0: lots of one mana tricks in this set. Yeah,
1: it's feet of resistance. Like, listen, it's gonna it's gonna make you massively unhappy. Like at least once, <laughs> and yeah. I promise you that.
0: <laughs> so, like, beware is what I'm saying. And with these aggressive yeah. strategies, go all in on them because um, that's the way mm-hmm. you're gonna win with these decks. Um, just because of the fact that there's bigger, more powerful things to be done. So you've got to smash early. This yeah. next deck I hope is good. I don't know if it is, but I want to play it white black life gain because I want to yeah. play indulging patrician.
1: Yes. That card is really cool. I also love the art on it. Just gorgeous. Um, yeah. But, uh, that being said, like this one feels like a, like a slightly, I'll just call it like sub- more subtle theme. Sure. Yeah. Um, which I think life gain like does kind of tend to be, um, so, yeah, like, it's good. It's there. Um, In white-black, like, you're always going to have a lot of removal, which is, you know, like, very excellent, Um, especially in a, something like a core set, where it is just, like, very back to the basics of, like, oh, like, lots of removal is good, especially against lots of big creatures. Um, But that being said, like, I feel like, yeah, it's like a sprinkling of flavor for the life gain on the white-black deck.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, The removal in white... There's, you know, some options. They're a little bit more conditional than other colors. Like, the, there's a white exile effect for five mana that leaves them with a 1-1 soldier, which I think is um, pretty bad, honestly. Like, sometimes you just yeah. need to be able to deal with something in white, but giving them a creature... For your exile effect for five mana, I think is, like, really bad. Secure the scene. That's the card I'm yeah. talking When I was like.
1: <laughs> I was thinking of, so there's Legion's Judgment, uh, which is two and a white for destroy target creature with power four or greater. Yep. Um, but more importantly than that, uh Well, they do have Faith's Fetters, which... Faith's Fetters and Swift Response. Um, because yes. we have seen this effect before except it was at sorcery and now it is at instant speed which makes it just like exponentially better oh yeah absolutely um, i think that this removal spell is quite good
0: okay so look um, out for obviously that obviously
1: it doesn't do anything against creatures with vigilance but like vigilance is again like a minor thing that's happening in this set like you This this will remove the bulk of things that you need to remove. And it's one in a white for an instant. And it says destroy target tapped creature.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like a million billion times better than secure the scene.
1: Exactly. It is. um, It is so good. And I've definitely like I've played against decks where it just felt like they had endless copies of it.
0: Oh, no. And I was like,
1: okay, okay.
0: Black green is graveyard strat. Um, which is Black Green's classic thing. Likes to play mm-hmm. around in the graveyard. Uh, twin blade assassins. Go play in the graveyard. <laughs> I wish I had goth parents. <laughs> <laughs> have any goth. Yeah, goths certainly have become parents already. So, like, did they say goth? Were they like goth parents? <laughs>
1: um if you if you are a goth parent no goth parents are the child of goth parents please tweet at us with the hashtag goth parents
0: we need photos
1: like like
0: i really need to know (laughs) did you name your child uh midnight moonbeam uh did you play evanescence no like
1: moonbeam is like too it's too uplifting exactly
0: Uh, (laughs) during your birthing ceremony. Uh, Bring me to life, you know? Uh, It's apt. It's apt. Um, But like this yeah this is a graveyard theme deck it it always has been it always will be twin blade assassins is the um build around uncommon here for green black which is five mana for five four if a, at the beginning of your end step if a creature died this turn draw a card which is nice because it's already on a pretty good mm-hmm. five four body it's not just some yeah. kind of like enchantment or whatever um and then of course you get all the best removal grasp of darkness finishing mm-hmm. blow that kind of thing um i played the card caged zombie in this deck. Yeah. Which is actually, I think, a little bit underrated. If you have it either like like a s in a sacrifice deck, I think you could play this card as well. Yeah. Um
1: like honestly I would say like if you're in black, having at least one copy of this card um is smart. I've won games off of this card for sure. This is um, the two
0: and a black two three where you play one and a black and tap it. Each opponent loses two life, but you can only activate it if a creature died this turn.
1: It is like it, yeah, I agree. It is, a, it is a good card, and you should probably be playing at least one copy if you're in black. Yeah,
0: I agree. Um, it's a cool design, too, even if I don't understand the flavor of it f- fully. No, I guess it's like it's eating them if something died. It's eating the dead. I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I'll just, I'll just live with it. I don't. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next up is blue-green card draw. Megan, um, have you drafted you know- this deck? I am always here for card draw. No, because all of my card draw has been in blue black so far. Oh, yeah. But, you know, know I'm definitely playing that Reign of Revelation. Oh, it's a great Um, card. Oh, so good. So good. I love it. Instant speed card draw. Like, yes, please. Draw three cards. Yes, please. Anyways.
0: I love lore scale quaddle, which is the uncommon here. The two, two for three mana. Whenever you draw a card, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. I've been wrecked by this card when somebody played one on turn three and turn four. And I was like, well, I lose.
1: (laughs) Yep. Like that. Those are just going to be some big old snacks.
0: Huge snacks. You get good creatures. You get card draw with excellent spells like frantic inventory. Like you mentioned, reign of revelation. Um, yeah, I think this deck's mm-hmm. gotta be super fun and I haven't gotten it yet, so I'm waiting. Yeah. Waiting for the moment. Uh, yeah. So those are those are the uh those are the big ones.
1: That those big archetypes.
0: Yeah, and of course there is the the small sub theme of shrines in this set too, but I don't yeah. think these are particularly super super great. Um, no, we've been kind of disappointed by these shrines. Shrine. shrine. I feel like every
1: time that I see one with the exception of the blue one, the blue one is, um, draw
0: a card for each shrine you control and then discard a card. Yeah.
1: Which like, yeah, like having an extra draw discard every turn is going to be good.
0: Yeah, that's fine. There is a card like that in cons that we played in blue. Even if
1: it's exactly, even if it's only just like one, you know, you only have the one shrine, the rest of them are just bad if you only have one. I guess the white ones like, okay, you can play like pay for a pretty expensive tap effect.
0: You know, I like, I don't know. I, I guess you could try and go all in. I had an opponent play the five color shrine against me the other day and I was like, okay, you did like nothing. (laughs) So right. Like, okay. Okay. You've got to really have a kind of magnificent draft to be able to make that kind of thing work. Like
1: the green one is just like actively whatever.
0: You just add more mana, right? Yeah, you just
1: add mana. Mm -hmm. You're probably, okay, like, so, okay, you added one mana. Um, The black is a gain and drain,
0: which, like, again, it's only one per turn. Yeah, it's just not enough, I don't think. You would rather affect the board with a creature or kill something with a kill spell than waste your time doing this. I guess that one's only one in a black, so, like,
1: I guess I could see myself playing it. But it's going to be, like, my 23rd card.
0: Yeah, for sure, 23rd card, 100%. Is there any cards uh, that we didn't talk about that, like, for you, have been overperforming? Um, we mentioned tricks, so for me, I'm just going to say Ranger's Guile, uh, which is one mana. Target creature you control gets plus one, plus one, and gains Hexproof until end of turn, I found being kind of incredible, uh, especially when my opponents play it, and I am sad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I will say the card, uh, this is a rare, um, but Liliana's Standard Bearer... Uh, I really like this card, a uh, two and a black for a three, one creature flash. When Liliana's standard bearer enters the battlefield, draw X cards where X is the number of creatures that died under your control this turn. Um, I've died. Oh. I've drawn. I've died. <laughs> I've drawn like four cards off of this. Oh, really?
0: What did how yes. did you do that?
1: Because, like, my opponent was just like, okay, like, let's make a bunch of trades this turn. And I was like, yeah, okay, like, you're going to try and clean up this board a little bit because you think that's going to be to your advantage. So I, like, made some double blocks and then just drew a boatload of cards, and it was great.
0: Excellent. Yeah. I've liked also um, Shipwreck Dowser, which I should have mentioned in the blue-red spells deck because it's a 3-3 with prowess for five. Um, uh, three, Yeah three blue blue prowess when it enters the battlefield return target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard to your hand
1: yep that card that card is quite good
0: quite good and there's another blue five drop that's also excellent marshall loves this card of course roaming ghost light three two flyer when it enters the battlefield return target non-spirit creature to its owner's hand so it's like a man of war but it you know it's the flies and stuff so like sweet (laughs) (laughs)
1: sweet um yeah, I want to give a shout out to one of the classics, Snare Spinner. This is a mm-hmm. one and a green for a one three reach. Whenever it blocks a creature with flying, it gets plus two plus zero until end of turn.
0: Nice. Uh, we
1: talked we talked about the flyers deck being like such a big thing, and so many of them are two threes, or like about in that size range. And so having something that will block flyers as a three three is very good.
0: My shout-out here is going to be to Keen Glidemaster, which is a 2-1. You can pay 2 and a yeah. blue, target creature gains, flying until end of turn. And the way that I like to use this card is with a card like Jeskai Elder, which whenever it deals combat damage to a player, you get to loot. Or Library Larcenist, whenever it attacks, draw a card. So yeah. I've used it in combination uh-huh. Yeah, with those I've two. put it on
1: the Larcenist. I've also used the 2 and a blue for um, an enchantment aura that... It gives plus one, plus one in flying, and when it ETBs, you draw two cards and discard. Yeah, and Rousing Reed. Rousing Reed, really. I really like Rousing Reed, actually. Like usually, you know, you can be pretty iffy about um, about auras because uh, you don't want to get two for one. But like that card does work.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I've played a bunch of this card, and yeah. also it's what um, Reed Duke's mother does in the every morning, with a bowl <laughs> a nice steel cut oatmeal. <laughs> <laughs> I also
1: want to give a shout out. uh, Also not a big equipment person, but Malefic Scythe. Oh, yeah. Um, This card can get out of hand really quickly. Um, I've had it be like super potent. It's one in a black for an artifact equipment. Uh, it enters the battlefield with a soul counter on it. Equipped creature gets plus one, plus one for each soul counter on Malefic Scythe. Whenever equipped creature dies, put a soul counter on it. Uh, equip one. And it's just the fact, like, it's so cheap. It only gives what, plus one, plus one at the beginning, but it's so cheap to equip. And, like, it makes their deci- your opponent's decision so hard of just, like, oh, do I really want to trade with this creature? Because, like, then this... You know, equipment is going to get bigger and it's so cheap to re-equip onto just something new. Yeah. Um, I've I've been very impressed with this card and I did not anticipate being impressed because, again, most equipments I think are, like, fine but not excellent. And this one is really quite good.
0: Well, if you have anything that you've drafted that you think is super sweet or you're like, hey, here's a cool combo that I pulled off or anything you want to share with us... Please do. You can tweet at us at GLHF Magic. We'd love to see your decks or anything neat, your screenshots that you have taken while playing uh, M21, because, you know, like, we want to do it, too. So, like, let us know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I've had a lot of fun drafting this set so far. Even though it's a core set, I don't think it's a boar set. Um, (laughs) Core sets, not boar sets. (laughs) That's a hash. That's the hashtag. It's a it's a I want more set, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, I'm done. (laughs) Well, everybody, that's this episode of Good Luck High Five. Thank you again so much for hanging out with us for another fabulous week. If you want your news, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Upkeep, which comes out every Monday. All the magic news you need in ten minutes or less. And, you know, just like thanks for being there and hanging out with us while you do whatever you do. It means a lot to us that you're there. And if you get something out of the show every week, please consider becoming a patron over on Patreon.com/GlhfMagic. It would mean the world to us, and it'll probably brighten your day as well too. Um,
1: Drop your uh, your own quarantine updates yeah. in our Discord if you're a patron. Um, tweet them at us. If you know, if you're not, let us know what's going on in your
0: corn life. I would love to know um, because we're yeah. all in this together, and we're all which get sounded through it together.
1: like I said corn life.
0: Corn life.
1: You know what's going on (laughs) in your corn life.
0: (laughs) I've had sweet corn the other day for the first time in a long time. Oh,
1: Oh, it was so great. Like really good sweet corn. I never appreciated it until like you. I'll be honest. You can't appreciate great sweet corn unless you're in the Midwest.
0: Yeah. Or like you're getting it from the
1: Midwest. I I certainly never did until I moved up here and I was like, oh, it's a different ball game yeah like it completely is you're like all of a sudden you're like oh now i understand why we eat this otherwise kind of underwhelming you know vegetable
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep you you got fruit? it <laughs> is corn a <laughs> well you know there's all those vegetables that you learn as, as a kid it's a vegetable but you grow up and you find out it's been a lying to you this whole time is, it's a fruit i'm looking is at you. Corn tomato a berry is corn a seed what, uh, is what is corn? It's, uh, I'm going to Google what, what is corn is, and it's going to be like what is, what is gonna, corn? Google's just going to be like what kind of dumb question is this? <laughs> Can you imagine though having Google when you're little? You would okay, okay, stuff like this.
1: Whole corn, like you eat on the cob is considered a vegetable. The corn kernel, where popcorn comes from is considered a grain. Okay.
0: Oh, so, so when it's oh my!
1: So apparently, corn is a vegetable, a whole grain, and a fruit. Nothing matters. Everything's a lie.
0: Well, that's the conclusion of 2020, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it can be summed up in one word: corn. Corn. <laughs> <laughs>